0: Alex, you broke the site. It's not. It, this probably isn't the first time. This almost assuredly will not be the last time.
1: Well, the state of that "quote unquote" studio from yesterday, <clears throat> uh, I feel like I feel like that infected the rest of the site and just just brought the whole thing down.
0: Yeah, we uh, we are a horrible plague upon all things that is Giant Bomb. That is our role now. We are here to infect and destroy. Everything that has been built up to this point—that
1: was cool, though. That was that you know, as <laughs> busted up as that studio might have been, uh, I'm not even sure it qualifies as a studio yet. Uh, it it, it was is cool a studio. You guys- it is it well, is okay. a space
0: in which is mm-hmm. which is designated for filming. There is uh-huh. there are cameras in there, and there is equipment, and there's like a green screen curtain and all that shit. It is actually a studio. It's just that we had to kind of break it to make it do what we wanted to do. So you know,
1: like like Vinny laying on the floor.
0: Yeah, he was, you know, he was getting real sexy on the floor there. People seem to dig that. I mean, whatever. That that stream was basically uh, the our equivalent of holding up a newspaper with today's date to let everyone know we were still alive. Like that was our proof of life. Uh, we'll probably have another one of those next week. Uh, hopefully, by after next week, we will actually have all the equipment we need and we will just be in like normal operating shape. But hey, we're getting there.
1: Quarterly budgets. Yeah. Capex,
0: motherfuckers. Really
1: fun corporate stuff. Uh, so what? What do you? We started this show awfully late. We're sorry. You're probably just watching it on YouTube. I don't know how many people are gonna get to watch it because the reach is just through my Twitter account, but not the front page of the site. But chat's broken. Yeah. So we don't have any way of pointing you to this live stream. But we thought we'd record what we could. Also, I have a doctor's appointment, so it's short of show. It's it's a total mess this morning. Friday is off to a terrible start.
0: But I mean you... it's it, it's in perfect keeping with the way this week has been going cuz this yeah. week has just been harrowing and awful.
1: Yeah. Did you did you play any video games? This I week? played a few. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I
0: started in on uh on Valiant Hearts. Uh oh, which really? I am look I'm looking to finish uh hopefully today and and write up because uh so far I quite like it a lot actually.
1: It how how much of a bummer is it?
0: Um, it's kind of a bummer so far. I'm only three chapters in. I think there are five total uh, None of the main characters have have died yet But I mean that seems like it could happen at any moment because it's a are game they, about World War one and it's kind of a downer uh, So that are they seems gonna like some, are they
1: gonna kill that dog or are they gonna kill that dog?
0: God? I fucking hope not if they kill that dog that game gets a one fuck that game um, <laughs> But like two yeah two different scores
1: like one score for w- what the game is yeah. And then another score for why'd they kill the dog?
0: Yeah, see, I'm glad actually we don't have the chat up right now because I bet someone who has finished that game would just be yelling, they killed the dog! And I, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that at all. Um, but it's, you know, I like it not just because of the Ubi art stuff, which, you know, always looks pretty phenomenal and the art style of this game in particular was pretty rad. Um, but there's actually kind of a neat little puzzle game kind of built into it. Like it's all about sort of navigating these environments it's not like it's it's not a shooter it's not a beat-em-up but it is a side-scroller and the whole purpose of the game is just trying to figure out your way through these different environments uh that have like you know like you're trying to if you're playing as the 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 lady character uh she's a medic So whenever she's on camera, she has to rescue people who are injured, you know, in bombings or in in various other things. So you have to find ways to get to them to pull them out of rubble or save them from fucking chlorine gas attacks and shit like it's really it's rough. But at the same time, I think it's kind of artfully rough, like it's (sighs) done in a way that doesn't feel like overly heavy handed or like just you know or overly frivolous because again trying to make a game out of something like you know World War 1 trench warfare that isn't just like a shooter is maybe kind of a difficult thing to conceptualize but the way they've gone about it at least you know in the the few hours that I've played it seems really cool
1: so that, so that's the, the line I saw floating around I'm sure it was from someone's review but I I don't know who to attribute it to necessarily but they said uh the line to paraphrase was something along the lines of uh, valiant hearts is a really great story trapped in a video game. Yeah. And and I wonder how much you've gotten a sense of, man, this is really cool. It's great that they're trying some new things, but what comes along with that is the realization that you know, when you tread new ground with, you know, storytelling in video games, you may not necessarily know the best way to express that in a video game.
0: Yeah, and it has some challenges. Like, it throws in a narrator when it feels like it needs to communicate something very specifically, and sometimes that's done a little awkwardly. Um, There's no actual in-game dialogue. Like, it's the... It's sort of like the Rayman approach, where it's a lot of, like, kind of mumbled utterances, but it is words. You just can't really make them out. uh, They are in the correct languages. Like, you can hear a guy kind of muttering in German or yelling in French or whatever, but, like it's sort of hard to really tell what they're trying to say. Right. Um, and sometimes, so it's hard to get a real great sense sometimes of, like, who these characters are. You have to kind of go into the the menus and read through the diary entries that you collect to kind of get some of that backstory filled in. Um, so there are things that are awkward about it. And, like, the first level is just so damn easy that you, you honestly wonder, like, is, is this just going to be like this for the rest of the game? Because holy shit, I'm like, I'm barely doing anything. But once you get past those first, like that first 45 minutes or so, there's a little bit more to it. It's not a hard game by any stretch. It is not even a super challenging game. It is just sort of, here are these puzzles, these worlds that you kind of have to figure out how to get through. Some of it's a little bit, you know, it takes a few minutes to figure out, but like none of it's that hard. Are, are the
1: puzzles like find an item bring the item like wh- what are we talking about when we when you say puzzles exactly
0: it's like okay you have to get from say one building to the next building and there is a big pile of flaming wreckage sort of attached to a wire somewhere that you have to figure out how to get rid of in order to do that you have to go down walk around find go down into a sewer uh Solve a couple of other small things, which eventually will lead to someone helping you by giving you these bolt cutters, which you can then use to go back and cut the thing and rescue the other person, like that kind of stuff.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. And I, I can start to see how maybe, like grafting on a lot of that stuff, which is you know maybe what we consider the gamey stuff, yeah. Maybe could at some point take away from. The, the narrative or you would just wonder why it's there. You know, it's right. there because well a video game needs that stuff
0: Yeah, it's it is awkward at times like I don't think it's perfectly realized by any stretch But I think it's ambitious in a way that I think is kind of cool Yeah, Um. and it's you know I mean if I'm comparing it to like other ubi art games for instance like no I'm not having as much fun with it or I'm nor am I as excited about it to say like either of the Rayman games, but I'm enjoying it a lot more than, say, like Child of Light. I think that it has a much better or watch, balance.
1: Or Watch Dogs.
0: So wait, watchdogs.
1: what about Watch Dogs? You're enjoying it more than Watch Dogs. I don't know. I, I haven't think played Watch Dogs yet. Also, I not an Ubi would, Art have. game. I know, but I'm just, right. like, in terms of the ambition of Watch Dogs, sure. not that interesting. Yeah. Actually, not even that ambitious. I'd rather have a million of these Ubi Art games that I find, like, crucially flawed in a bunch of ways. Sure. Goddamn, are they interesting
0: yeah yeah and I think this is a really interesting experiment I you know we'll see how it pans out over the last couple of hours because I, I think I only have like two chapters left but uh, so far I'm very much enjoying it and uh, I would re- you know it's a $15 game like I don't feel like that's like a hard investment for anyone like it seems like something worth checking out for that price
1: yeah I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to checking it out I've I just finished Shovel Knight because I reviewed it for the site and how long is uh, that game Uh, your mileage may vary, you know, and it it really depends on, you know, your proficiency with these kinds of games. I, it took me about six hours, but I basically blazed right through the game. Like I had very little difficulty with it. As I pointed out in in my review that I thought the game was a little on the easy side relative Mm -hmm. to what you expect for these kinds of games. But if I take a more broad perspective, I think people will like Shovel Knight for that. You know, I'm not necessarily saying it was the wrong decision. That that game doesn't uh, sort of bust your balls more often than it does. Except to, to say, when I look at a game like that, I expect that it's going to kick my ass way more than uh, Shovel Knight uh, actually did. Right. Uh, most. My guess is for most people, it'll probably take around eight hours. That seems okay. to be what what it's taken for for a lot of folks. But that is a that is another really really. Good video game that I forgot was uh, a Kickstarter game.
0: Yeah, I put like an hour into it yesterday uh, just to kind of get a sense of it. Uh, I downloaded it for uh, Wii U. Uh, yeah, that game That game is really cool. Like, I really, really like the art style of it. Uh, I think that, like you said, it is a really good meshing of the kind of old school sensibilities with uh, uh, kind of a modern design you know sort of specification like I think that yeah like you said those types of games they lean on nostalgia so hard all the time um and it is it is surprising how well a like you said the controls hold up uh and two just like kind of it it does like you know despite using the aesthetics of of 8-bit games or you know 16-bit games uh it doesn't it doesn't just lean on that entirely which I think is rad like that's well, I that's, think that, cool. that's what's
1: that's what's contributed to this i think in some ways cynical attitude towards whenever one a, a new game that looks like this is announced you know right. well at this point it's not the gimmick isn't enough anymore for a while it was when there was people just doing you know pixel art or 8-bit art or 16-bit art like whatever they were trying to pull from whatever influences they were using as a foundation aesthetically for a while that was interesting enough because that was brand new now that is not the case games have run that into the ground they have ruined that as uh something that is charming in and of itself and i think that's what has led to you know you'll see it in the comments and in the review and uh some of the tweets i've gotten where people like oh i'm just you know man i've I've played one too many of these and they weren't that interesting and it's too bad because shovel knight is the real deal like shovel knight you know as i say in the intro of my review like it really does feel like a, a cartridge pulled out of time, and then we just happen to be playing a ROM dump in 2014. There's a right. excellent feature up on Gamasutra right now in which the the artists over at uh, Yacht Club Games uh, talk about their process in terms of putting together um, the art for that game, in which their original passes at some of the enemies were too advanced. Then they went back and looked at what was possible with 8-bit technology, and then rearranged. Sort of like the palette and the detail level on their enemies to better reflect what would have been possible on that technology, and that's yeah. again only an aesthetic thing, but also I think shows the level of detail and the the amount of uh, care they're they're putting into that world. But none of that would matter; it could be poop on a screen as long as it played as well as Shovel Knight does, which it it, it totally does. Like it, yeah. you, every time. You do something in that game. It does exactly what you want to do, including when you die all the time. Yeah. But you die because you screwed it up, not because you you have some little big planet bullshit floaty physics that you can't quite figure out exactly where your character is going to go. Right. And, like, controls in a game are something that we only point out when they're bad. We don't often talk about when they're good. Maybe we'll talk about when they're exceptionally good, like a Super Meat Boy, where you're just you're, – considerably impressed how much uh, fidelity and control you have over uh, your character but oftentimes it's just a fault not something we're like man this game really nailed being able to go left to right and jump yeah Uh, but man shovel knight nails going left to right and sure does
0: uh you wouldn't have known it from the stream yesterday because that was actually probably the first time i'd really put my hands on that game but uh spending a little more time with it yeah like just getting the 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 attack mechanics right and getting that sort of like that shovel bounce right like that is an incredibly satisfying thing Once you get that the the feel for that and feel like you can kind of wield that the correct way Uh, Because yeah yesterday when I first picked it up. I was like I just I'm gonna wave the shovel around I'm just gonna hit stuff and see what happens, and I just kept dying and that's not that's not the way to play that game
1: No, no, but you once you kind of get it under your belt I mean you can pull off some really miraculous things as you as you go through the game and they start setting up these really elaborate traps for you that again if if the game hadn't nailed how it feels making it that you feel like you're in complete control you'd look at those traps and you'd be more frustrated than excited but when you know that the character is going to do exactly what you want them to do you actually you know look all right this is a, a really fun trap that i'm going to try and make my way through and if i screw it up it's going to be completely my fault, and that's that's how you feel as you go through the arc of playing Shovel Knight, is that by the end, when you've you know got all this magic power, you've got all this health, and you've really gotten to know the nuance of Shovel Knight's uh, sort of gravity and physics, like you can pull off some really crazy things, and they, they throw some really rad slash terrifying stuff at you uh, towards the end of the game that uh, will certainly... It didn't quite cause me to throw a controller, but yeah, some audible sighs were heard, and uh, that game's just... It's really good. Also, it's got music from the g- split between two composers, but some of them are from the original composer of the Mega Man games. And oh no
0: shit, goddamn that, that music
1: is good. Yes. it is
0: really good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely like the first detail I noticed. Like as soon as I booted, it, I was like, oh man, this music is super good. Yeah. So Shovel Knight, good video game. Yeah, People should play it. Some good video uh, games I, out this week. There
1: are. Yeah, interesting games. I played Shovel Knight on the Wii U. That's the one I would recommend because the gamepad stuff is actually pretty good that you know you sw- end up switching between like 10 plus items uh, towards the end of the game and just having them readily available on the gamepad is like super nice and convenient the 3DS version also has that benefit but it's a smaller screen right. and it's really nice to see this like 8 bit game but rendered with 2014 technology uh outputting on a big ass TV but that's just me i've also heard the 3D stuff on the 3DS version looks amazing And obviously, the PC may be just something that more people have than than a Wii U. But if you got the option, the the Wii U seemed to be uh, the the place to play it. Cool.
0: Well, then I'm glad I made my choice. I almost got it on 3DS because, you know, I thought maybe with commuting I would want to play it that way. But nah, nah. I'm like you. I just want to know. Just bring your Wii
1: U. Just bring your Wii U on the bus with you. Just bring a little portable generator and uh, get it going.
0: This all sounds perfectly reasonable. This sounds like a great plan. I'm into this.
1: Uh, did you play anything else this week, or is that uh...
0: that's pretty much been it? Uh, I went through the last of my uh, my Retron stuff and and have come out with no other cartridges that do not work. So I'm I'm pleased to say that ninety percent of the games, old games I own, uh, still work. Uh, now I'm just going to start having to add to that collection like a total psychopath. Um,
1: but yeah, I've I've immediately put the the Retron as a, you know, I I don't have many things that. You know, like, as you get older and people, like, want to, like you know, Christmas comes around and it's, like, you get old enough, you can kind of get most of the stuff you want for yourself, so Christmas yeah. gets, like, kind of weird. The RetroN 5, like, is a, is definitely in a camp of, I really can't justify buying that for myself, but I'd really like one.
0: So, I like, I put that on an Amazon list. it's like, well, maybe I'll get that solved <laughs> later this year. One of these days. Mayhaps. Yeah. It's a cool system. I just updated the firmware on it. Uh, You know, I didn't make any drastic changes or anything, but, like... You know, yeah, the controller's not great, but it has support for the old ones. It seems to play all the game, nearly all the games that I have. Like, I, I don't know what else you could ask for a sort of bootleg, but kind of professionally made bootleg system like that. You know, like, that's that seems like there are maybe a few things you could improve upon it, but it is probably the best realization of one of those types of systems I've seen. So, thumbs up from me. Sweet. Yeah, I can't think of
1: started play i played a little more watchdogs i don't have anything to say about that i'll keep doing that against uh my better judgment and uh yeah i pretty much want to start playing the, the game you're playing that's kind of next on my list although oh right i downloaded dynasty warriors the game that will get me fired from giant bomb
0: <sighs> patrick what are you doing i want to know what I've do you want s- to I've, know i can just why tell people, you
1: why do people play these
0: games because there is some thing uh-huh. Uh-huh. in their brain. Okay. Where the idea of mindless repetition where you just stab tons of dudes that don't really fight back for the most part it just hits some strange malformed piece of the brain in a way that makes that pleasurable to them. So why uh, and I mean this.
1: Why why we 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 give sports games a pass for being like barely better iterative franchises that come out every single year, because they're sports, I guess. Like but we give the also games a pass. But Dynasty Warriors, which may as well just be like the Madden of what are uh, they of stabbing, the, mos- yes. the Mosu genre the, I forget what they call the genre. But like it's basically the same thing. Like why is Dynasty Warriors the one that we dump on? Or is Dynasty Warriors like the equivalent of like furries in the geek hierarchy? where it's kind of the same thing, but it's the one that everyone just decides to make fun of for whatever reason? Here's the thing.
0: It's not that uh-huh. I'm making fun of it because it's iterated in that way. Like lots of games are iterated that way. Like you said, sports games are the same idea. I get that. That is not the issue. The issue is I don't find the act of playing it fun. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is, and uh, you know, I'm making jokes about malformed brains or whatever. It's like, no, it's, it's fine. There is just a segment of people who find what that game does enjoyable the same way it, that I find playing football every year sometimes enjoyable. Um, It's, it just doesn't strike me that way at all because the idea of just running around these environments and stabbing dudes that don't fight back, don't matter how fucking many of them there are, does not give me any joy. Like it just doesn't work for me and I don't think it works for a lot of people except for this very vocal, very dedicated subset of people that fucking love them. And you know what? Good on them. Good on you for finding something that gives you pleasure, that gives you joy, that you like. As much shit as I talk about those games, I hold no actual judgment of anyone for liking something. Just because I think it's dumb doesn't mean it's dumb. I just think it's dumb. I think those games are dumb. (laughs) The only games in that series I have ever enjoyed are the Empire's offshoots because those add like a weird like tactical strategy element to the whole thing that gives it some context and makes me think, okay, at least there's something I can latch on to. The regular games just do absolutely nothing for me. That's just me. I really liked, it might have just been
1: Launch Fever, but was it Kesson? Is that the name of that game?
0: You know what oh, I'm talking I about? I remember that game. I don't remember anything about that game.
1: Is that right? Is that uh, Kesson? That my sounds puzzle, right. Automa-
0: PS2. That sounds correct.
1: Yeah, real It's a real-time, well, real-time tactics video game. I don't know if that means it's a strategy game like Command & Conquer or whatever, but I remember liking that game. That was also yeah, sure. made by Koei.
0: I don't think I ever played I it. Um, but yeah. yeah so,
1: so, I- so look, I might hate Dynasty Warriors. I'm not promising that I'm going to go into this uh, horrible uh, job destroying adventure and come out with it going oh I get it these people aren't crazy but I like the idea of trying to go in and figure out like what is appealing about this it's got to be something beyond just mindlessly hitting the square button so my job what I'd like to do is come out of it understanding what like what that is this so is that's, some cultural that's, anthropology that's what I'm type trying shit. To yeah yeah
0: pretty much. You should, uh, you should, you should definitely tap Jim Sterling at some point because I know he. Oh, is don't a huge worry. Like every
1: time, t- every time I've mentioned, like Dynasty Warriors, he's like Candyman. He just sort of appears yeah. on Twitter, even though he has not been summoned. He, if there is someone that is has a a question about Dynasty Warriors, Jim Sterling is there to answer. So maybe we'll, uh, like the end goal of this is for me to play, you know, like between 5 and 10 hours of Dynasty Warriors and then do uh, sort of a video piece on it, uh, kind of like I did with Story About My Uncle earlier this week. Uh, But maybe I'll have to do some sort of co-op
0: stream with Jim Sterling talking to someone that
1: really does like these games
0: a lot. I think that would make sense. I don't think having me do it would make sense because the whole time would be like... So when do we get to the part that's fun? So when do we get to the part that's fun? Oh, wait, there that's, isn't one. And that's not fun for anybody. So you should find someone who actually enjoys those. And I think Jim would be that, a perfect choice for that.
1: That's fun for me, but it may not be fun for, for everyone. Not for an audience.
0: Nobody wants to hear me just bitching about a game I don't like for, for endlessly. You know, it's like it's one thing for me to make a joke about it here. But it's like nobody wants to watch me play that game and hate it the whole time. That's not fun.
1: So maybe we'll, so maybe we'll do that. Um... Well, let's go into some news. There was some uh, quite a bit of stuff that came out this week. Not a lot of really big news, but a no. lot of uh, smaller news. Uh, the one that, that caught my eye that uh, was earlier this week. So I never ended up redeeming the PlayStation Now code that I got handed out at mm-hmm. E3, but a lot of people have. And one of the things that just changed was the pricing structure, in which the, the, you, you didn't have to pay in order to stream many of the games that were on PlayStation Now as part of the beta. Uh, period, But uh, now you do have to pay, as PlayStation Now uh, inches closer towards its formal launch, uh, at least in North America, this summer. Although Sony's been hinting that there'll be some announcements regarding the the rollouts for Europe at Gamescom. Uh, but so uh, so I'm pulling from a, a, a Kotaku story <laughs> titled, The PlayStation Now Prices Are Currently Insane, uh, in which... So let's say, for example, uh, Final Fantasy 13 uh, 2 mm-hmm. uh, On PlayStation Now, you can currently... Stream it for four hours for $4.99, seven days for $7.99, 30 days for $14.99, or 90 days for $29.99, as uh, the writer Jason Schreier points out, that you can buy the whole game right now on Amazon for $17. bucks.
0: is a fair point, but what if you don't? want you know what no I'm sitting here I'm trying to like form out some like reasoning where like it makes sense to 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 stream it instead of buying it, but I can't you're right that is just so weird.
1: then the guacamelee is the other example shown in which uh it's four hours two ninety 7 days 5 30 days 7 90 days fourteen ninety nine. despite the fact that the game is currently $15 on a ps3 so I think Sony find them, like, I think, yes, and some level these prices are crazy, although I think if you look at the prices, they're really just trying to push you into that seven-day window. Right. I, obviously, four hours is crazy. 90 days, you probably should just go buy the game, although maybe Final Fantasy XIII too, you know, maybe that would make some sense. But, like, five ninety nine for seven days is plenty of time to finish Guacamelee. Like, seven days is is plenty of time to finish most games that you're intending to sort of play you know, for a couple hours each day over the course of the next week. And right. then at that point, seven ninety nine for a big RPG like Final Fantasy 13 2, that's pretty good, although it would probably take you more than seven days to finish it. I, let's take out games that are, you know, 60 hours potentially. Right. Um, those are on, on a certain a spectrum. But, like, the central question here that Jason brings up, and obviously it looks insane uh, when you look at, you know, what you could pay for on Amazon, but... Sony's problem is that are these prices supposed to constantly dynamically change based on the changing value of a retail product, which is completely disconnected from the more static nature of digital products? Right.
0: I, to me, this feels like a company that is doing something that is wholly unfamiliar to a lot of people. Because, like, the idea of PlayStation Now, like, the idea of streaming games like this, maybe not completely new, but doing it in this format, like, on a console with, like, all these different games, is still kind of a new, uncharted thing. And it doesn't seem like they even really know what it's worth. Like, they are guessing. This feels like a lot of guesses as to what the time frame and the, the, the price should be. They may be completely wrong about all of this. I assume that they're just going off focus testing and some market research being like, what would you pay for something like this? And, you know, in reality, that could turn out to be the exact right numbers or completely the wrong numbers. I would hazard to guess that after three months, if this isn't really catching up, those numbers will change. But at this point, it feels like this is just them throwing some stuff out there and being like, hey, so here's what we're starting with. Let's see how this goes because again they don't exactly have a good framework to work off of. It's not like there's another service out there that does exactly this the way they're doing it that they can just crib from, right? Am I forgetting something that exists out there that that is like this? No, I mean there are
1: other you know have other been other streaming experimental services, but nothing that's taken off. Like PlayStation Now will be the first big mass market experiment with a technology like this and then also you know having to pay you know, sort of like hourly rental fees. Right. Like this is completely brand new territory. So, I, you know, while Jason's headline may be slightly hyperbolic, I also... it's This is also part of like the give and take with stuff like this is Sony will roll out what they think is fair or mm-hmm. maybe they don't, right? Maybe they, they shoot for the high end and then see... and Which would make more sense, right? You would want to charge as much as you can get away with. Sure. So, you know, that's how a negotiation works. It wouldn't shock me if... Uh, Sony is putting up the extreme end of what they want to charge. They kind of gauge how people respond. They can claim it's a beta period. Yeah. Although I still think it's weird that you charge people during a beta period. Like
0: that's I, that's 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 part and parcel with games now. That's just what people do now.
1: I know it's still gross, but you know it makes sense that they would start there and then move their way down. Because if they started cheap, you can't move your way up. People right. are gonna or crucify you can, but it's much that. harder. Right. So. I suspect that we'll see something a little more, you know, between free and this high end, something more in the middle. But I still think it's a really difficult question for them because that's constantly what's going to happen is that if you, you'll you see whatever the, the high end of 90 days, which is basically kind of like, you know, temporary ownership uh, for having it for, for three months. Like, are they just constantly going to get pummeled with, well, hey, I can go get this on Amazon. Like, at what point does Sony say, well, we're just, you know, screw that. That's not the metric we're using because... The degradation of a retail product is completely different than you know, how things are handled in the digital world, which are dynamic in their own different way.
0: Right. If you're just looking at it as 90 days of any game for $29.99 seems like a reasonable number, sure, just putting those two numbers together, that sounds like a reasonable number. It's when you factor in things like Amazon pricing and, you know, like, uh, like you said, the degradation of pricing across the board for stuff like that, that things get kind of hinky because that shit isn't universal. Like, you never know how much a game is going to drop or how quickly it's going to drop. It just kind of it's at the at the whim of the publisher. So them not necessarily trying to adhere to that makes sense. But yeah, I, 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 like, I agree with you. I think Jason's headline was a little bit hyperbolic, but at the same time, just looking at those numbers next to each other, you're right, that does look weird. But if you're Sony, you can't sit there and constantly chase after Amazon or whoever else is pricing. You have to try and create some kind of normalcy, like this is what you pay for this many days of any game. You know, like that is something you have to establish. And the second you start trying to chase after like sale prices or drop prices, like then it just becomes too convoluted and no one's going to care.
1: Well if you you know, I think PlayStation Now represents you know, both of these new systems, the PS4 and the Xbox one, especially with Microsoft, you know, whatever you think of Connect with them sort of running away from it, they're both kind of boring boxes. Mm-hmm. They're just better versions of what we've gotten before. Whereas PlayStation Now is the kind of stuff that gets me really excited because even if I can't necessarily see myself using a lot of the service right now based on the libraries that they're they're offering, it's a truly potentially revolutionary service and that gets me excited about what's possible with you know next generation technology and like trying to to open up what these systems are capable of and but the thing is it feels like a service like this is better suited for a world where retail has completely died right because that's you know that's essentially what is allowing jason to hammer sony on this point of uh, final fantasy 13 2 being 17 dollars on amazon in the truly digital world, where retail no longer mattered, prices would go down much slower than they currently do in the dynamic of uh, digital and retail, where right. there's just a lot more competing factors for prices to go down. Publishers would be much happier if that went down at the rate that, say, Nintendo games go down, which is to say never, Very rare, ever. very little, <laughs> if at all. Uh, and and you know, Nintendo is an exception because... Their games are just evergreen in a way most other games are not. But I, I think that the industry would like to trend in that direction, and digital helps them get there uh, because they just have a little more control over uh, the actual pricing because they're much closer to giving you know, uh, the distribution methods are much more direct to the right. consumer. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how all of this uh, plays out. For me, honestly, I'm mostly just waiting to see what the subscription service stuff pans out to be. Uh, it sort of scares me if these are the prices that they're charging on an individual title basis. You know, what are they possibly thinking about charging for something on a monthly basis? You know, I'm I can't imagine myself wanting to pay more than seven ninety nine a yeah. month. That might even be on the high end. Sure, because th- that you know this is going to be an initial library that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot. You know, I'm just assuming based on. How libraries usually launch, but like I can't imagine myself paying more than seven ninety nine, given that I'm already paying for PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live and right. you know stuff like that. All that, that stuff. So, we'll see. Yeah. That's interesting. Anyway. Um.
0: The uh, <laughs> E3 Games Critic Award nominees are out. Yeah. Evolve Blood, was the Bloodborne game. Bloodborne
1: did not win anything. What didn't? Bloodborne didn't win anything.
0: Well, it's in. It's, comp- it's in the nominee for best RPG. Stupid, I know. Stupid. I still don't know how playable that game was. Like I assumed, like they had to let some judges put their hands on it if it got it into was, the nominee list. It was list. playable. What's it was that? Playable.
1: I can confirm that it was playable. Okay. I did not play it. I can confirm, judges were able to play it. Okay. And not in the and not in the. Oh, like Bioshock Infinite's version of playable, which was here, move around this room, but you can't do anything. People played Bloodborne.
0: Yeah uh you know i wrote a thing about it i made some comments on the awards a lot of people in the comments of that story you know made uh, some points about whether or not e3 awards even should exist at this point or whether they ever should have existed uh i'll let's just focus on at this point and do e3 awards really matter that much i mean other than for marketing purposes not really in my opinion uh it's like cool evolve got nominated for six awards you know uh was it, uh, God, uh, Destiny and, and Siege both got four? It's like, you know, there's a best online multiplayer category, which seems like a really problematic thing considering, you know, the state of online games in that situation. Um, I don't know. It's the, the thing that struck me most about, you know, the, the, the GCAs was that it really just felt like all the games that were big that were at the show got nominated for something. And part of that is because there weren't that many games at E3. Uh, which sort of plays back into that whole does E3 even matter at this point point but just to go to the awards specifically i'd be curious to know what you think about this stuff patrick because i you know as the years go on i consider i start to wonder whether these things matter at all anymore
1: yeah no i i mean i, I don't think the awards tell us very much you know i think awards awards are useful for sort of sifting through they're like a curation tool right. basically right um, in, in which uh, folks that have access to seeing all this stuff are able to be a conduit for uh, people that aren't at the show uh, to get a sense of what was worth paying attention to. And that's just increasingly not a thing that consumers need. They have access to seeing a whole lot of what comes out of E3 and oftentimes in a way that is more accessible than uh, what we're getting being at the show uh, itself, and given that there are just fewer and fewer games at E3, generally speaking, it's not like we're really helping people sift through a whole lot no. uh, in that way. And and that at some point it feels like the awards are more just perfunctory because well that's one of the things you do is you give out awards as opposed to uh, serving as any uh, sort of useful metric.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's you know a lot of publications still do E three awards of their own. You know it, it's why you we st- we
1: did a couple of years. Did we? But sort of we would give we gave out like a best of show.
0: Okay, I don't even really remember to, that, but that's that that sounds like something that might have happened. Uh, I, when did we stop doing that? I don't. I'm not sure. That's how much. I I
1: really feel like we gave out something to Bioshock.
0: Maybe BioShock, I don't know. know. It just you know it, it's. It, it. I understand the purpose behind it, you know, but it, now it just seems like you said it seems less useful than ever. And then it leads to situations where you see, you know, trailers saying like "winner of over forty E3 awards," but like, what does that even mean? Like, I, that's like, never meant
1: anything. Yeah,
0: it's just it, it's just at some point that number becomes so insane and and meaningless that it just negates the the purpose they're trying to to, to put there. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I you know I played some good games at E3, but looking at that list, it's like. I don't, I, does there need to be a best strategy category when there are apparently two strategy games at E3, period? Like, it's just, it feels like you're still, they're adhering to a format that no longer fits the situation. It They're trying to genre classify things that don't matter as much anymore. Maybe it needs overhaul or maybe it needs to just go away. I don't know. One of the two. But, you know, I know we like Judges Week because it lets us, you know, kind of get out ahead of E3 and see some stuff, you know, beforehand. So we kind of know what's coming, but... I don't know if the, if that necessarily justifies the continued existence of of you know giving a best award to games that are not done, you know, or that just or even a show where there just aren't that many games.
1: Yeah, I you know, I well, given what's happening over at Game Trailers, maybe none of that stuff will exist next year.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know do you think do you think maybe Keeley would try to keep that going on his own, you know, whether or not he was a part of that organization. I mean, I, I he's still there, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, maybe. We might get into, be getting into two inside baseball <laughs> at this point. Fair enough. Um, let's see. we got to wrap it up because I have to go to the doctor in a second. There, you know, Crytick seems like it's on fire. That, yeah, that's not, not good. It seems like things are going well. There's all sorts of reports flying around and, and multiple outlets. If you try and pull one piece of information out of it, it just seems to be that... Uh, Crytek, in general uh, seems to be not doing well, right? And w- do, who knows what that means for the many games they have in development. They've announced a lot of games in the last like a month or so. They announced two before E three, um, you know, not games on the scale of a Crisis, but no. uh, you know, they're still developing Homefront: The Revolution, which you would maybe hope is in better shape because Deep Silver obviously would be, you know. Funding some of that, but uh, a lot of the bad stuff seems to be coming out of Crytek UK where that game's in development. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is a game more t- theoretically to their their specialty. You know, it's just a first person shooter that is story based. Like, it's not, and a lot of the the stuff that was in those stories that I read was that they was a lot of their problems are the direct result of them chasing after trends and chasing after you know stuff that is not really in their overall wheelhouse, uh, like the whole free to play stuff and. You know, so maybe that gives some hope that front home front is something that they can maybe put together a little bit better because it's something that is, you know, familiar to them. But at the same time, yeah, just I mean, when you start hearing things like get people's people are getting emails saying, like, don't talk to press about any of this because, you know, just don't. Uh, that's usually not a good sign that things are, are, are in good shape over there. That's 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 a that's a real red flag.
1: People like getting paid, as it turns out.
0: Yeah, it's funny what happens when your paycheck stops showing up. You know, it worked out real well for 38 Studios when that started happening.
1: Mmm. Mm. Uh, Oculus acquired Xbox 360 controller designers. Carbon design, which, that's interesting. Oculus continues to acquire everything and anything. I don't know if that necessarily means that Carbon is going to be making a controller for the Oculus Rift. That seems like that might be slightly extreme. Yeah. But who knows? I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're trying to create their own... Console, so uh, a controller maybe might be a little much, but I wouldn't be surprised if those guys were working with Oculus on, you know, the Oculus looks kind of ugly. It does. It's it's a not a great looking thing, so wouldn't wouldn't shock me if they're trying to bring in you know some some folks that have made uh, some good looking piece of hardware in the past and and trying to to help them out uh, there. There also was like scuttlebutt about Oculus showing. Something they have not announced behind closed doors that maybe that's related to.
0: Could be. Carbon Could as well. be.
1: Uh, oh, I'm excited about this. So I, I kind of fell off the Hearthstone train, but mm. Curse of Nax- Ramis. Yes. I'm not sure if that's, that's how you that's pronounce it. A Hearthstone Adventure, their single player campaign stuff that they're going to charge for, uh, comes out next month, which I'm super excited for. Yeah. I feel like that'll get me back in uh, Hearthstone in a way that. That i want to
0: i arguably don't care that much about the the single player stuff i'm more interested in you know new cards new uh new new stuff to, to kind of throw into the mix because i mean there are still plenty of cards i have not unlocked but at the same time i do feel like i'm kind of starting to hit that wall of like okay i kind of run out of ways to augment strategy for any of these characters so i'm i'm kind of just doing the same shit over and over again so the idea of more cards sounds great uh the single player thing is like okay I mean, that could be cool. It could be great. I don't know. I've never seen it, but uh, it's not like playing against the computer was really the thing that I enjoyed about that game, you know? Yep. That's true.
1: But new cards! And uh, Yeah, new cards. And at least give me a reason to, to boot it up again. Yeah. But I'm going to have to bring this, this shorter show to a close. All cause right. I, have to, I tried to go to the doctor yesterday, and then they told me, Patrick, your appointment's tomorrow, and I was like, can I get my $5 back for parking on the street? Nope. The answer was no. The answer was no so I'm gonna go be healthy go do that hopefully, uh, and then what are you up to this weekend anything anything in particular
0: uh, let's see I'm gonna go see snowpiercer at some point which I'm very much looking forward to um,
1: you can watch that a VOD so I'm th- I might watch that this weekend at home
0: yeah I, I think I might go to the theater we'll see one way or another I'm gonna watch it um, Money in the Bank pay-per-view is on Sunday. I'm having a few people over to come watch some wrestling at my ha- my apartment. Uh, surprisingly, there are a number of writers around here who are willing to come watch wrestling with me, which I'm excited about. Um, other than that, no, I'm going to play some more shovel knight. That's really all I got on my uh, on my docket.
1: Yeah, I'm probably going to start. Uh, I keep wanting to say Valhalla Hearts. That's not what I want to say. No, though. Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts. Yes. I'll probably start that this weekend. So. Well, we'll be back uh, covering some of the stuff we couldn't get to uh, today because it's a bit of a shorter show, and hopefully we'll have a chat. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe the whole site will be broken and on fire still on Monday, but probably not. There were some apologies made by the IT people. There's something wrong with, it sounds like, a data center that handles uh, some stuff. So it's not even that our site's broken. It's something that our site is connected to that is broken, broken. and I'm sure it'll get uh, sorted out today. But, uh, Alex, I'll, I'll talk to you on Monday.